This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. You're listening to episode 131. People pleasers, listen up! Of the in-between podcast, where you'll discover ideas to build a strong, connected, and joy-filled marriage and family. My name is Daniel Lim. And hi, I'm Christina M. And I'm a recovering people pleaser addict. Can anyone else relate? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see those hands <laughs> yep. in the back. Two of mine are raised. <laughs> well, reflecting back on my past, I can honestly say that I was a people pleaser. Huh? from as soon as I remember. I just innately knew how people felt and what they needed. I could walk into a room and feel it, like feel people's feelings. I also felt like a way to connect with others and to feel loved by them was really to help them. And helping in itself is not a bad thing. That's not what we're saying. Helping can be a good thing. However, when helping becomes unhealthy and you feel like you can't say no because you're afraid of disappointing the other person, then it's crossed the line from helping to hurting. It is hurting you and it is also hurting them. Yeah, or if after the fact you feel like you, you're you exhausted, right? Or just in so much emotional pain because you've given so much of yourself. Well, that's also when it's crossed the line from helping to hurting. And that's why on today's episode, we want to discuss with you how you can learn to set boundaries, even if you're a people pleaser. <laughs> yeah. This is the year, y'all. Did you hear me in the back? Yes, you too. This is a year you learn to set boundaries. We'll also take some time to address the common myths of boundaries, which may actually be the reason why you aren't setting them. Hmm. All right. Yeah, let's do it. Let's dive in. So let's start with what a boundary is. Boundaries define us, right? I mean, they define what's me and what's not me. So we've said this before on a previous episode where a boundary is a property line. I mean, that's probably the easiest way to think about it. It outlines the beginning and the end of something. So recently, we had new neighbors move into the house beside us. But before that, that house beside us sat empty for a year. We're actually probably a few years. Uh, People would often come and go to look at the house, but it was just vacant for a really long time. And while we were sad that no one lived beside us, it also gave the kids freedom to walk into their backyard if their ball rolled over. And in fact, because there was no fence, the two backyards were so, their backyard and our backyard were so easily connected that we just had a really long backyard for a while. But you know what? When the new neighbors moved in last fall, we had a chat with our children. And yes, while there's still no fence between our two backyards, uh, we shared with them that they can no longer go into the backyard of that house of, of the house beside us whenever they please, because it would be trespassing. Even if they accidentally kicked the ball into the neighbor's yard, they would still need to ask permission first before going into their yard. And why? Well, it goes back to what we're talking about here, because there's a boundary, right? There's a boundary. The ba- their backyard is not ours. Ours is not theirs. There's a distinct property line where our backyard ends and theirs begins. 
I love that practical example you use, Daniel, because there are distinct property lines. However, I do want to say and stress again that boundaries, while they're property lines, they are not walls. Mm. They are not meant to keep people out and us in. It isn't an excuse for us to be hermits or unkind to those who are outside of our boundaries. I love what it says in John 17, 11. It reminds us that we are to be one. We are to be in community with others. But in every community, all members have their own space and property. Like author Dr. Henry Cloud says, the important thing is that property lines be permeable enough to allow passing and strong enough to keep out danger. Boundaries help us distinguish our property so that we can take care of it. In other words, boundaries help us take care of our own grass instead of being so concerned about the neighbor's yard that we are neglecting our own. Like, <laughs> oh, look at them. They're not they're not taking care of their grass when ours is like weeded all over. Yeah, for sure. So when we think about boundaries, uh, it's it's important that we understand what's mine and what's not mine, right? The whole idea of tending our own yards. But Christina, how do boundaries help us in relationships? Yeah, I guess we should go further than just fences and backyards, right? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, by having boundaries, we're able to know what we are to own and take responsibility for. In relationships, ownership is really, really important. If I know where the boundaries are in a relationship, I know who owns things such as feelings, attitudes, emotions, and behaviors. I don't own your feelings, attitudes, and behaviors, and neither do you own mine. What? Like, if you don't know this, like, what revolutionary ideas, too, and how much freedom you are able to experience if you don't pick up what is not yours and expect others to pick up what's not theirs either. Yes, that's right. So before we get into how to set healthy boundaries, I know, Christina, you mentioned before that we were going to touch on some myths of boundaries. So I think it's important that we do some myth busting because some of us have grown up in families and have had relationships where saying no and setting a clear boundary was seen as something unloving, right? It was that unloving thing. So Christina, why don't you share some of these myths with us? Sure. And then we'll break it down as we go through each one. Mm -hmm. So myth number one is, if I set boundaries, I'm being selfish. As Christians, we are to be a loving people. We know that, right? But setting boundaries does not mean that we are being self-centered. Appropriate boundaries actually increase our ability to care about others because it helps all of us know and understand that we are no one savior. Hmm. Can you say that again? Because <laughs> I think someone needs to hear that. I know I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Appropriate boundaries actually increase our ability to care about others because it helps all of us know and understand that we are no one savior. Wow. Wow. That's so powerful. Right. No one can meet all of your needs, okay? This even applies to a husband and wife relationship. Wives, listen up. You cannot meet all of your husband's needs. Husbands, tune in right now. You cannot meet all of your wife's needs. And guess what, y'all? Neither are you called to. No one can meet all of your needs. That is God's responsibility and only God can. Mm, I love that. I love that. So if that's our first myth, the second one is a little bit related to this, that, you know, if we begin setting boundaries, we're going to be hurt by others. <sighs> okay, deep breath. <laughs> this one hits really close to home because, like I said before, I'm a recovering people pleaser. 
As I have gone through life saying yes to so many people and so many things, when I started saying no, it literally shocked people. Like, drop the mic. Uh, what did you say? Like, mm. why would Christina say no? She's never said no before. Is she angry at me? Is there like, is she upset? Blah, 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 blah. So mm. on and so forth, right? And while I genuinely believed in boundaries, I was terrified of their consequences and how people may see me. I had to come to a place where I understood that it was a definite possibility that others will become angry at my boundaries and actually attack me or choose to end a friendship with me. So here's another listen in, okay? Hear me, podcast family. God never gave us the power or the right to control how others respond to our no. Some will welcome it or at least be understanding of why we had to set a boundary. Others will hate it, may lash out at us, may be angry at us, and will choose to distance themselves or like the quiet, just, you know, tiptoe away. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that hurts even more, right? Yeah, yeah. I love what Dr. Henry Cloud has to say in this situation. We can't manipulate people into swallowing our boundaries by sugarcoating them. Let me say that again. We can't manipulate people into swallowing our boundaries by sugarcoating them boundaries are litmus test for the quality of our relationships those people in our lives who can respect our boundaries will also love our wills our opinions and our separateness those who cannot respect our boundaries are telling us that they don't love our no they only love our yes they only love our compliance so podcast family those kind of friendships they are not your true friends, okay? Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, you might need to listen to that one again. <laughs> All right. Ready for myth number three? Mm-hmm. If I set boundaries, I will hurt others. <sighs> Goodness gracious. Why did I even write these? <laughs> you know what? Because I'm showing my vulnerability here, y'all. Yeah, I yeah. believed this myth too. And it does feel like I've hurt others when I've put up boundaries because they've acted like they've been so hurt that they just leave. They retreat. Mm. They fall away. Maybe you've been there too. And here is where the issue lies. It's in the place where we see boundaries as an offensive weapon, like we're cutting them. Mm. That's actually not true at all. Boundaries are a defensive tool. Yeah, I love that point, Christina, because when we see someone else's reaction to our boundaries, Mm -hmm. especially if they're hurt, I think to them, it's like, oh, you've just attacked me. You're, you're, what are you doing? What did I ever do to deserve that? But in reality, and then that could actually uh, lead us to stop placing it or to retreat or to do all that. Whereas in reality, or to come running to them, being like, oh, I'm so sorry for doing this. I didn't mean to hurt you in this way. Exactly, exactly. So I think just clarifying the fact that boundaries are defensive, they're not offensive, right? They're not offensive weapons, they're defensive tools that that appropriate boundaries don't actually control attack or hurt anyone and when you set them you're not responsible for the other person's reaction to that i mean you can't control their reaction right yeah and you can't live your life not placing boundaries in because you're afraid of other people's reactions yeah that's right that's right all right so before we get on to the last myth it's important to understand that when you say no to someone else it's probably going to cause some discomfort in them because they've been looking to you to get their own needs met and by you setting that boundary they may have to look elsewhere 
hopefully to God first. Right. Right. I mean, that's ultimately who we need to look to for all of our needs. However, uh, it's just important to understand what's happening, this dynamic of what's happening when you are setting boundaries. All right. Do we all need to take like a breath before we get into the last myth? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. Myth number four is boundaries are permanent and I'm afraid of burning my bridges. Hmm. Well, contrary to popular belief, boundaries are not actually permanent. Remember, they're not walls. They're not cemented. They're not set in stone. It's important to understand that your no is always subject to you. You own your boundaries. It's not the other way around. Your boundaries do not own you. So if you set your limits with someone and they respond lovingly and maturely and kindly, then you can renegotiate the boundary you've made. Also, you can change the boundary if you just feel like you're in a safer place. So if things are going well, there's a mutual ebb and flow in a relationship, it's healthy, then yes, you can take the next step to be able to change. And if not, if it's not going well, then you can reset your boundaries as well. Maybe you need to have a little bit more space between you and the other person. That's good. That's good. All right. So now that we know what boundaries are and some common myths about setting them, uh, let's get into how to set them. So for someone who's never set intentional boundaries before, Christina, where should they begin? Oh, I'm so excited to be talking about this, y'all. Seriously, (laughs) this is going to change your year. Mm. Boundaries have more to do with who you are when you are healthy than anyone else and what they're up to and what they're doing. I would really recommend starting with getting a clear picture about what that looks like for you. So some questions you can ask yourself. What do you look like as a person when you are your happiest? What are you like when you feel safe, loved, cared for, and enough? What person do you become when you feel healthy, when you are passionate about what you do? Or on the flip side, What kind of person are you when you feel really tired, stressed, or at the end of your rope? Those are great questions, Christina, because knowing yourself and your needs and your desires is really the starting point for healthy boundaries. And in previous episodes, we've talked a lot about a tool called the Enneagram that will help you discover what you look like in health and what you look like in stress. And this tool also helps you discover what your core motivations are in other words why you do what you do so if you really aren't sure where to begin and and what it feels like to be healthy uh, the enneagram may be a good place to start and if you just head on over to inbetween.org slash episode 131 you'll get the show notes for this episode and links to other episodes uh, in relate relation to what we were talking about right now to learn more about the enneagram the wait is over Find out what happens in the thrilling conclusion of the 12th Dead Sea Squirrels book, Babylon Breakout. Hi, I'm Mike Naraki, co-creator of VeggieTales, voice of Larry the Cucumber, and author of The Dead Sea Squirrels. Get ready for more daring rescues and hilarious jokes as Merle and Pearl and their animal friends embark on a ridiculous mission to bust the kidnapped Gomez family out of Babylon, a Bible-themed amusement park with talking animals. Young readers will love the nutty misadventures of 10-year-old Michael and his friends and will learn all about biblical life lessons such as forgiveness and friendship. Read all 12 Dead Sea Squirrels books. Available wherever books are sold. 
All right, I love the first step about where we should begin. So the next thing we need to figure out is what are the best ways to discover where you need to draw boundaries? Yeah, so in order to do that, we need to look for the places in our life where we're experiencing anger, or maybe it's resentment, or exhaustion, or perhaps it's excessive self-criticism, or or maybe it's just giving too much, right? Over-giving. I think about it. Is it your job, or maybe it's your family, or the relationships and, and friendships around you? In order to know where to draw your boundaries, you need to pay attention to how you feel in relationships when you don't think you can be yourself. Yep. I think that's really powerful, Daniel, because in the places where you feel like you need to change yourself or you need to shy away from saying something because you're you're afraid that the person is going to explode at you, those are good places to think about. And remember that you you can't change others, okay? We are not responsible for what comes out of their mouth or the daily choices they make or their reactions. Yeah, that's such a good point, Christina. So, so what's the bottom line then? Well, the bottom line is since you can't change other people, okay? We know we can't do that now. You're going to change how you deal with them. Mm. These are the places where you need to decide what boundaries you will draw. Yeah, so you're you're focusing on what you can control, which is how you deal yes. with them, not what you can't control, which is changing someone else. Exactly. Yeah, I love that. So, Christina, on our podcast, we always talk about getting to the nuts and bolts, right? Mm-hmm. The nitty gritty. So let's talk about the how. How can we communicate these boundaries that we are coming to terms with, the, the boundaries that we are setting right now with those around us without making them feel defensive? <laughs> Or trying not to make them feel defensive. (laughs) Yeah, there's no easy way to say this, okay? You know us, you trust us, we're going to tell you the truth. Putting boundaries in place with others who are not used to having you put boundaries in place, they may be completely shocked, Mm. especially if you had never done that and they've known you for months or even years. Yeah, that's good. Especially your family, mm -hmm, they will probably be shocked. There will be times when people take your boundaries personally as well. Oh, is there any way for them to not take it so personally? (laughs) Oh, yeah, it's gonna, them? No. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Goodbye. Gonna be, that's gonna be tough. It's gonna be a yeah. tough conversation. Oh, yeah, to have. for sure. We're not we're not saying that it's not gonna be hard. Yeah, but you know what? Owning your feelings, the ownership of your feelings is always going to be the best place to start. Remember what you can control and what you can't control. So just one more thing. Remember, your boundaries are for you. They're not for the person in front of you. One more time, Daniel. Say it one more time. <laughs> yeah. Boundaries are for you. They're not for the person in front of you. Right. Exactly. When I was learning to express boundaries, I learned to use statements about how I feel and what I need. So let's use the example about something we used to fight a lot about. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> Well, when the kiddos were young, so if you didn't know, our first, our first two are 15 months apart. So they are really, really close. And I was a stay-at-home mom at the time. I used to feel really frustrated when the kids were young and Daniel would say he would come home at a certain time. Usually it was 5.30. But then he would be running late and just one thing after another, he forgot to tell me. 
<sighs> Y'all, you know young kids. They thrive on schedules and can go from happy to hangry in 2.3 seconds. <laughs> so he would be stuck in traffic or left the office late. And he just honestly didn't think to tell me. So imagine this. We are getting ready for daddy to come home at 5.30. The kids are all excited. They haven't seen daddy all day. They're also hungry because mommy's been cooking since 5 o'clock. And I'm being setting the table. They're getting ready. And 5.30 rolls around. And there was no call. And there was no text. And there is no Daniel coming in. 5.35. 540, 542, 543, 545. No, Daniel. Oh, I'm so sorry, Christina. <laughs> <laughs> this is in the past. Yes, Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he would multiple times, he would roll in the door at six o'clock or later. If you have young kids, y'all are either laughing or crying because you know how long 30 minutes feel when they are hungry. So I would ask him, he'd come in at six o'clock and I would be writhing and be like, where were you? Uh, I was driving home. Okay. So why are we talking about this again? <laughs> <laughs> because I was so frustrated and because I was so frustrated, I would literally lash out at you. Yeah, like yeah. it would just be, you would come home because you just had a long day and I was freaking out. Out And the kids were freaking out and all of that. And it just wasn't working for us, right? Mm -hmm. So I needed to set a boundary. Mm -hmm. And this is how we did it. So this, you can use this as your kind of checklist in your in your tool kit too, okay? Yeah. This is how we do it. Dip, 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 <laughs> Sorry. Dip. Yep. All right. <laughs> when you said that statement, it was just, <laughs> just going on my way. We are okay. 90s children. Yes. Right. So number one, communicate your genuine appreciation for that person. Okay, because if you're setting a boundary, you want to show them that you love them too, because you do, right? Well, for the most part, you do. So for example, baby, I appreciate you and how hardworking you are. You are loving and kind and generous and you give 100% to what is in front of you. That's a great tone. <laughs> Wish you used it back then. Way better, right? Way <laughs> yeah, better. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, but sorry, I know you're going to go through a couple more steps here, uh, but is this something you do in the moment? Uh, no. Okay. Because, I mean, who in, who would be calm? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. And I think like you're really sort of, you're, you're setting a boundary and that can be hard yeah. for you and for the other person hearing. So it's really important that you choose a time when both of you are calm and that you, the other person, I mean, they may feel attacked anyways, but if you're coming running and it looks like you're about to punch them and you stop mm. and be like, well, I really appreciate how you, and they're like, what? This doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and especially if you're the one setting the boundary and you're full of emotion because uh, you've just had the boundary violated. Right. Right. I mean, that's probably not the best time to have this conversation either. It's right. You're probably not going to be able to communicate your genuine appreciation for that person either uh, yeah. because in the tone, it's just not going to come through. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you can do it when you're calm. Yeah. Okay. So the second part to do is state your need and your intention to follow through on getting that need met. So let's go back to our example. 
I told Daniel when both of us were calm, this was not when he was running late. I told him, you know, baby, I need to know if you're going to be running late. Um, If you could call me or text me just so I can adjust our dinner time. That way I'll know like if you're running 30 minutes, an hour late, I can give the kids a small snack to make sure that they're ready to eat later and not melting down at the dinner table. And if I don't hear from you by a certain time, I'm just going to assume that you are coming home at the same time you always come home and dinner will be ready at 530 and we will start eating regardless if you are here or not. So did you hear that? I stated my need. I needed him to tell me when he is running late and the intention to follow through on getting that need met was if he does not call or text by a certain time, we are just going ahead with our plans. So once you do that, the third part is allow the other person space for their own reaction, knowing and remembering you are not responsible for their emotions. So to tell you my side of the story, this was a very helpful conversation to have because I didn't know, I didn't know Christina was, felt frustration when I didn't contact her. I didn't know even that minute notion that, hey, it's going to be different at 535 and 542 and 543 <laughs> and 545. You know, I, I didn't realize that because I'm not, I wasn't on that side right. of things. So when you, Christina, shared the boundary with me, it was helpful because I was like, oh, okay, putting myself in your shoes, I was like, okay, I could see how that would feel. But to go back even further, it's not like I had ever asked Christina to always have dinner ready when I got home from mm-hmm. work, right? So even for me, whether I was home at 5.30 or 5.45 or 6, I mean, traffic and, you know, all things can happen. I didn't think it was like a, I have to leave and get home at this time or else, right? Because I didn't, I just, I didn't have that expectation. I mean, it was nice, but I didn't necessarily have that expectation. Mm-hmm. So when Christina laid her cards on the table, it was just helpful to know, okay, I see this. I understand where you're coming from. Okay, now what can I do in response? So what did you do? Well, I, I let you know, right? I, I We will text each other and, <laughs> and I'll be responsive. So. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and, and when I'm late, it's I'll, I'll let you know that I'm going right. to be late and, and such. I literally think we, after that conversation, maybe only had one dinner where you forgot to call. And so I went on with my plan, right? I assumed that you were coming home at the right time or the same time you always do. And when you got home, we were eating. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know, I guess that just stuck, right? Honestly, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I guess I'd, uh, <laughs> I don't do that anymore, right? So right. I guess it worked. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I love it. So, well, also the kids are older. So, yeah, that's right. You know, not, it's not so in dire need anymore. No, that's but true, that's I true. do appreciate, I do appreciate how you call or text now when you're running late. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, Christina, um, let's say we walk through each of these steps setting boundaries with someone else, right? Communicating your genuine appreciation for that person and then stating your need and your intention to follow through on getting that need met and then allowing space for that other person's reaction, knowing that you're not responsible for their emotions. So let's say you do this. 
you have that conversation and it didn't go that well. What or, do you mean? <laughs> it always goes well. Right? So yeah. they exploded you. Yeah. They exploded, exploded you, maybe. Uh, they exploded <laughs> at you. In, your, in the brain. <laughs> yeah. Or uh, maybe they told you that you were selfish to even want to set a boundary. How should we respond? What could we do in those situations? The wait is over. Find out what happens in the thrilling conclusion of the 12th Dead Sea Squirrels book, Babylon Breakout. Hi, I'm Mike Naraki, co-creator of VeggieTales, voice of Larry the Cucumber, and author of The Dead Sea Squirrels. Get ready for more daring rescues and hilarious jokes as Merle and Pearl and their animal friends embark on a ridiculous mission to bust the kidnapped Gomez family out of Babylon, a Bible-themed amusement park with talking animals. Young readers will love the nutty misadventures of 10-year-old Michael and his friends and will learn all about biblical life lessons such as forgiveness and friendship. Read all 12 Dead Sea Squirrels books. Available wherever books are sold. <sighs> Unfortunately, that happens, right? Mm. I mean, it's happened in both of our lives a mm-hmm. few times. Yeah, that's right. And you can do a few things, which I want to say already is really up to you. You can offer the other person reassurance that it isn't personal and that you appreciate their good intentions. But remember that this is not actually a requirement. Your needs are your own and they deserve to be met. You don't have to apologize for your boundaries or be responsible for anyone's discomfort when you are taking care of yourself. Boundaries sound hard, right? Like, ooh, how am I ever going to do this? (laughs) Well, one of the best things I have ever done is while I was learning to set boundaries, and this is still a work in process, okay? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not some super amazing boundary setter. (laughs) But something that has really moved me along is to designate a cheerleader who I trust and someone that I can share my successes with. For me, it's Daniel, my husband, and also a few close friends. They have known that I have struggled with setting boundaries for a while. And so I explained to them that my intention is to learn how to do this. And I would appreciate if they would help celebrate me throughout the process. Mm-hmm. They have also been a wonderful source of support when others exploded me in their brain you know what i mean like they (laughs) yeah yeah, they did not react very well to Mm -hmm. me setting boundaries they were there to listen to me and to comfort me and you know what they also were there to help remind me of who i am in christ Mm. and they also reminded me that i am not responsible for other people's feelings or reactions to my boundaries yes so podcast family Man, we pray that this is the year you learn to set boundaries. We Even pray. <laughs> people pleasers, we're yes. talking to you. Yes, exactly. And this is coming from two people pleasers, recovering people pleasers, right. who are living to please God instead. Mm-hmm. So, you know what? It's going to be a bumpy ride. I mean, we're not going to sugarcoat it right. at all. It's It's tough to set boundaries, but... Hey, you know what? We're all on a journey and it's better to start now than never. So it's worth it. I mean, honestly, trust us. Trust us as we've walked through this. It's worth it as you grow 
slowly and surely in your ability to set boundaries. You're going to have healthier relationships with others. And if you haven't listened to our episodes on adult friendships, uh, we'll link that in our show notes in between.org episode 131 so that you can continue to learn how to cultivate friendships and, and yeah, Healthy relationships. Right. Because honestly, once again, I love that, right? I mean, boundaries are more like fences. They're not like walls. And I think sometimes when we have difficult relational conflicts, mm-hmm. it's easier just to shut everyone out and be like, forget it. I'm not right. going to, I'm just going to be all alone. And you know what? That's not necessarily the solution either because that just leads to a whole other host of, of, of issues right. as well. So, you know what, it's good to set boundaries and you are going to yield the fruit and experience um, healthier relationships in light of this. And for your kids, you're going to model to them what healthy relationships look like as well. So hopefully they can be a little bit further ahead. Right. And y'all, you are going to be healthier. Yeah, that's right. And we are here cheering you on. Yeah, so perhaps as you were listening to this, a friend or a family member popped to mind that you know is struggling with setting boundaries or struggling with some of their relationships. We'd be honored if you would share this episode with them and have a discussion on it as well. All the notes that we've talked about and the link to share this episode uh, with them is inbetween.org slash episode 131, or you can just hit the share button on your favorite podcasting app and send it to them. Right. They may be your next cheerleaders, right? They may be the people who are in the trenches with you as you both learn to set boundaries and you can cheer each other on. Right. All right. So for next week, Christina, what are we going to be talking about on episode 132? We're going to be talking about all things apologies. Love it. Love it. All right. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll catch you next time. This episode was brought to you in part by the Compelled Podcast, which uses gripping, immersive storytelling to bring Christian testimonies to life. Listen to missionaries, addicts, martyrs, and more who have seen Jesus at work in unbelievable ways. Listen on your podcast app or compelledpodcast.com.